We'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 30, Proverbs chapter 30, beginning in verse 24. Since Brother Jimmy Brock preached this morning, we'll take a little break from our I am uh, statements of Jesus, since uh, I don't want to try to get into another I am statement on a Sunday evening. Uh, so I thought we would uh, continue with a thought that we've been having on Wednesday night, this past scripture we've looked at on uh, this past Wednesday evening, and I want to look at it again, as in Proverbs chapter 30. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5 through 12, we have the, uh, the incident where God comes to Solomon at night and says, Ask what you will, and I'll give it. And Solomon says, I've got a job that's too big for me to handle. Please give me wisdom. And it pleased God. He said, you didn't ask for wealth or, or riches or houses. It pleased God, and he granted him wisdom. And he said, I will give you wisdom, and you'll be like nobody that's ever come before and like nobody that's ever come afterwards. On over in chapter 4 of 1 Kings, it says in verse 32 that God did grant him wisdom, and he was like nobody else that had ever been on the earth. And then it says Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs, 1,500 psalms. And it says this, and he also spoke of trees and animals and birds and creeping things and fish. Now, if you look through the scriptures, Moses, David, Solomon, the prophets, and even Jesus himself, all of them included nature in their teachings to help us understand spiritual issues more correctly. Solomon, of course, included these in his Proverbs. We know that Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, except for a few that he included in his book. These are written by a man named uh, Agur, but they caught Solomon's eye, and he included them in his writings. And we want to look at four little things and then zero in on one little thing. In chapter 30, verse 24 of Proverbs, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider skillfully grasps with his hands and is in king's palaces. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the Proverbs. And we thank you for the little things that teach us big things. And Father, as we look at the seemingly little things, help us to learn the big lessons that you have for us here. We thank you for the word. We thank you that you want to speak to us. And we ask that you do that through this passage, not only today, but in the future when we need to remember these things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We looked at the ants several weeks ago on Wednesday night. This past Wednesday night, we looked at the rock badger. In a King James Version, you have the coney. And we, we realized, as we looked at some of the researchers that Hebrew scholars had made back in the early 1900s, 
This little critter was called a hyrax, H-Y-R-A-X, hyrax. And we learned a lot of things about that this past Wednesday evening. And I want to look at the uh, verse 28. Verse 28 says, The spider skillfully grasped with his hands and is in king's palaces. Now, some of you have a more modern English translation. And it doesn't read like this. It reads, the lizard can easily be grasped with the hand. You might have to ask, well, which is it? How, how did they get that? These, these creatures don't even look alike. I mean, because, you know, the spider's got that many more legs on it. So we understand how they get a, a lizard and a spider all mixed up. Well, you go back to Hebrew. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I was reading a commentary, and the two words are put side by side. Now, the Hebrew alphabet is pretty complex as they write words. There's a Hebrew letter that looks like a W, except, and on other letters, under the letter could be little lines or like an apostrophe or a comma. Over the letter could be little lines, little pin strokes. And the word for lizard and the word for spider, identical, except where the W comes up like this. Over one side is an apostrophe for one of them on the other side is the apostrophe for the other one. And I had to look close to see which was which. So that's how in some translations we got spider, some translations we've got lizard. However, the lessons are still the same. Whichever you read it, the lessons are still the same. First of all, not all lizards are the same and identical. There's difference. Now, we're talking about a small lizard. Now, the Hebrew word was specifically a small lizard. We're not talking about a Komodo dragon here. We're talking about little lizard, little critters you know and love that slither around and make you think they're a snake. I mean, those are the ones we're talking about. They're small, but they're not all the same, are they? The same thing with a spider. Well, to some people, a spider's a spider, and you're going to smash it. Well, you know, some spiders are brown, some spiders are green, some spiders have little spots on them, some spiders, are, you know, they, they, they range from size. Some are little and some are little-er. So we, we understand there's a lesson here. All, all of these critters are different. And I like what Brother Jimmy said this morning. Being united in Christ doesn't mean we're uniform or all the same. You know, there's room for all different types of people in the kingdom. You know, a lot of times people might look at a, a person and their personality might be kind of something that gets on your nerves. And I have to say, well, there's a place in the kingdom work for that personality, and God knows where it is. And so there's a place for all personality types. We're not all the same. But notice it says it's in the king's palace. We'll look at that here in a little bit. Now, though all of them are a little bit different, the one thing we can say about a lizard or a spider in this passage of Scripture is found in verse 24. 
they are small. All of them are comparatively small in human estimation. When compared to a human, a spider is small. Now, I know sometimes you see a spider and it looks that big when it's creeping around in the middle of the night. But, you know, they're, they're small. You know, they, compared to you, the spider is small. A little lizard is small. It can easily be taken by the hand. Now, it's important to understand the spider or the lizard, whatever creature we're talking about, is small compared to us. But now, where is it? It's in the king's palace. Now, here's the thing. King's palaces are always big. They're always bigger than anybody ever would need a house that big. You go to the castles in Europe. You go to the castles in the Holy Land. We saw some of them. We saw castles. You see the palaces all over. I mean, they were huge. They were large. And as we say in South Arkansas, Ain't no sense anybody having a house that big, but that's big. So we understand if the spider or the lizard is small to us, it's very small compared to the king's house, right? Well, there's a lesson here. We may be big compared to the spider and compared to the lizard, and we may think that sometimes we're big compared to other people. David puts into perspective in Psalms chapter 8, verse 3. Psalms chapter 8, verse 3. You've, we've read this before. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. I think it merits mentioning as we look at this proverb Psalms chapter 8, verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? David was looking at the nighttime sky and he said, I look at the moon, I look at the stars, I look at how big it is, and I think, what, what are we? that God would even think about us. Now, keep this in mind. This was what David could see with the naked eye. Now, with telescopes, you can see even more. You know what they found out? And it's making science scientists a little uncomfortable. They don't know where the end of the universe is. You see, David was looking up at the universe that he could see. He didn't know anything about light years and about all those galaxies and galaxies within galaxies and all the stars. He didn't know about all this. But even what he could see, he said, whoa, we are really tiny. And so now we have the telescopes and the Hubble telescopes, and they keep looking further and further and further and seeing more and more stars, and they realize we are a lot smaller than we used to be. Isaiah used nature to put it into perspective, if you look at Isaiah chapter 40, he used another illustration from nature. Verse 18. Verse 
Isaiah chapter 40, verse 18. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? Verse 21. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Now, Isaiah was not as polite as David was. David just simply says, I see the the moon and the stars and all, all these things, and I think, wow, why would God even think about us? Isaiah says, we are like grasshoppers. In other words, like we look at the little spider and say, how tiny the spider is, how tiny the lizard is. God stretches out the heavens, and we are like grasshoppers. You see, we are comparatively small when it comes to, to all of God's creation. And like David, we are in awe that God would even think of us. That God would even not only just give us a second thought, but to give us the love that he gives. Because here is the beautiful part of this passage of scripture. It says, the spider skillfully grasped with his hands, or the lizard could be grasped easily with your hand. But look at this. And it is in king's palace. See, as small and as insignificant as we really are when it comes to all the creation and how small we are compared to God, even we can have a place in the king's house. He said, these are so small, but you'll find them in the king's palace. Two passages of scripture. One has to do with the future. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. An inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, a house not made with hands. But if it's not made with hands, who built it? Well, the king built it. We have a reservation in the king's palace. As small as we are and as fragile as we are, we have a place in the king's palace. And you see, that place is reserved for any and all who would say yes to Jesus Christ. How about that? So, well, that, that's all well and good, but you don't know what I'm dealing with in the here and now. Oh, there's something for us in the here and now. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. These creatures, whether it's a lizard or a spider, small and insignificant, but they got a place in the king's house. We are smaller in comparison to God. But we've got a place in the king's house, not only later over there, but look what the writer of the book of Hebrews says in verse 14 of chapter 4, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, listen to this, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace and we can find help when we need it. So that's not just for the sweet by and by, that's for the gritty here and now. Because when I need help, I can go boldly into the king's palace. I can come to the presence of God, to the throne of grace, and I can make my petitions to him. This is contrasted, if you remember reading in the book of Esther. She said, oh, no, you don't just go in and talk to the king. You have to wait for an invitation. And even then, it's kind of sketchy. It says this, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly to the throne of grace. We are so small so insignificant, but God lets us in and we can come right to his presence and find help in times of need. Wow. There's, we have a lot in common to that little spider, that little lizard, don't we? We find ourselves in the king's palace as small and feeble as we are. Is there anything before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Thank you for coming.